Hi, and welcome to the Normally Amazing Show, where we are fascinated by normal people who do really amazing things, amazing people who do really normal things, and our amazing God who interacts with our very normal lives. I'm your host, Janet Milan. Let's dive in. Dun, dun, dun. Hannah Nitz, welcome to the Normally Amazing Show. You are the bomb. Thank you. I mean... I think being on this show, I either am categorized as normal or amazing. Is that how it goes? And we're going to decide which one. Well, let's talk about one thing that's amazing, and that is your hair. So I'm watching you on Zoom because you're in Ohio and I'm in Pennsylvania. Yes. And you're currently, if you follow Hannah on Instagram, you will occasionally see her sport the unicorn bun, which she's currently sporting. It's a good eight inches high, possibly. (laughs) It's getting a little aggressive. Honestly, I, <laughs> I kind of want to throw rings around it or something. I know. Just a little game. It's a little party on my head. So Ring toss game. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, I wanted to interview you because, um, so we met back at one of the authentic intimacy conferences with Dr. Julie Slattery, who is your cousin. She is um, my cousin. Yes. And we met the one here in State College, and it was love at first sight for me. I know it took you a while to get onto the train, but now we've get out of here. Now we, <laughs> now we enter text messages with love best you. friends. I know, I know, it's kind of adorable, <laughs> especially after only seeing each other in person one time. Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe twice. Yeah. But either way, yeah. true love. It is. <laughs> I'm captivated. Marco Polo is saving our lives and creating. Oh, show. Yeah. I wanted to interview you today because of the content you're putting out on your podcast, which I'm, I'm a big fan of the There's More podcast. Check it out. Hannah Nitz, N-I-T-Z. And you're talking about the more of God um, and experiencing all that, which we'll talk about in a second. But first I want to start just with like a really kind of easy question to ask you. And that is, who are you voting for in the election in November? (laughs) I'm dying. That's hilarious. <laughs> just a real easy warm-up question. Yeah, let's just... <laughs> totally. Oh, uh, what a time to be alive. COVID, election. It's a yeah. weird world. Let's, just, let's talk about something nobody has any opinions about at all. <laughs> uh, pass. <laughs> Suddenly my computer bursts into flames. <laughs> Oh, so good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go into something else, maybe not quite so controversial. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, so just, you know, give us your more of God's spiel as far as, you know, what in the world are you talking about in the more of God? And particularly, what compelled you to even discover the more of God? Yeah. Oh, man. So when your podcast is called There's More and you are constantly talking about more. Obviously the question soon follows of (laughs) what in the world is the more? So Gina, I have known God and loved God forever. Like as long as I've been alive, I'm 32. I grew up in the church. I grew up with Christian parents. I went to Christian elementary school, high school, college, married a Christian um, high school sweetheart, made a Christian baby. Like we, I just, I've done ministry. I've done church. I've done the whole thing and I've loved it. Like, I feel like my life has really been summarized as like 
one for God. Like I wanted everything I did to be for God. I was working in ministries. I was serving. I was volunteering. Like literally, you remember the what would Jesus do bracelets? Sure. That we would all rock. Yeah. WWJD. Yeah. That was like my life motto. (laughs) Like literally forever. It's been, I want to act like Christ. I want to think like Christ. I want everything in my life to be kingdom focused. I guess I got to this spot, Janet, where um, I just thought I had all there was to God. I mean, I, if I went to church very rarely, did I hear a sermon or a story or a point or a verse from the Bible that I hadn't heard before? Um, if I clicked on a Christian podcast and it was like about joy, there may have been a point or two that I was like, oh, wow, I've never thought about that. But for the most part, it's like, okay, I've heard the verse about the joy of the Lord. I've heard, you know, there was just growing up in this for 30 years. It's what I knew. So your question of what compelled me to, to discover that there was actually more of God, um, nothing compelled me. I was not compelled. I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know there was more out there. It kind of got slapped in my face. <laughs> I mean, I came to this point in Janet where I was so kingdom focused, so running full steam, ready to do everything I could with my short life. And when I had my, my son, my life just slowly started to become smaller and it felt as though much less important. And the hours I had spent doing all these kingdom things and super focused on the growing, the doing, the kingdom, the telling people about Jesus, the volunteering, the hosting, I just didn't have the space for anymore with this new baby. And I was in marketing for Christian nonprofits and like some sort of unified effort. They like all let me go within a one month time period. And I just got to the spot where I was like, God, if what I do for you is the most important thing in life, why would you take it all away? Like if my being kingdom focused and this, what would Jesus do and making an impact is such a big deal. Why would this all be gone? Like, why can't I still do this? And I just like, didn't know how to interact with God anymore, Janet, because so much of my relationship with him had been in my doing, in my serving and in my being involved in small group, Bible study, church community, things that were just hard to do with, um, with a baby. Through that uh, crumbling and confusion of who I was and what my relationship with God looked like, I just, I found the more. I wasn't planning on it. I want to backtrack to you said, so all of the organizations, nonprofits you're working for all let you go within the same month. Yeah, kind of intense, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, you just said it like, and I got a glass of water. And I, I know. So my son was six months old and I was, I was crumbling. I, um, I was running my own marketing business and I was like wanting, again, I was working for huge ministries, big time authors doing like big things, running these national conferences. And I was just having a hard time keeping up, Janet, with like all of my clients and all of my ministry work and everything with my son. And my friend, Noelle, actually made me go away on this retreat because I admitted to her, I don't think I've talked to God in like four months. Mm -hmm. I really haven't. Like, I know all the right things. I love God. I'm involved in church. But amidst all of this, I'm just like overwhelmed, you know? 
So she made me go away on this retreat and on this retreat, it was the first time I really engaged God in a long time. And he just kind of rocked my world in a really crazy way. Cause in this one 24 hour period through reading um, a book called theology of the ordinary, God essentially taught me that I'm not what I do for a doer who has been very busy being kingdom focused her whole life. That was a very confusing sentence because I thought what I did for God was the most important thing about me. So when God began teaching me that on this retreat, I walked away kind of like, huh, interesting. I wonder what that means. I think on Tuesday, I'm going to step back from this pretty big client because if it's true that God doesn't view me for what I do for him, but just who I am, why am I working so hard? (laughs) So I stepped back from one client on Tuesday, which was a big, big deal. And on Thursday, out of absolutely nowhere, my biggest client that I had worked with for a really long time said they didn't need me anymore. And on Saturday, I got an email from like my third and final client that we had been starting a big project together saying that she didn't feel comfortable moving forward with me. So yeah, it was kind of an, it was an intense week, Janet. And that was really the beginning of God starting to get my attention and invite me into this more uh, that I didn't know existed. Wow. I know part of that story too is another book you read. Mm, something, <laughs> I forgot what it's called. Something about dying. Is that, is that right? <laughs> There was a really cheery book title about death, Hannah. Can you tell us about that one? Well, yeah, I guess, you know, what happened next is, you know, I have built my whole life on like, God did so much for me that in exchange, I now give my life for him. Like he gives his son, he gives this beautiful story of grace. So now my job, once I accept this free gift, it's like, yeah, it's free, but there's a job description attached. It's like, here's your spiritual gifts. Here's mm-hmm. what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Now go do things for the kingdom. So in that formula, my doing things for God was a big deal. Like it, it didn't get me salvation because that was free, but it was like my job on earth, you know? Mm. So in all of these ministry and things that I had been doing for so long, just like gone and pulled from my life. And God, just five days before teaching me this quiet lesson of you are not what you do for me. I wouldn't say that I spiral, <laughs> but whatever word is like right before spiral, that's where I was at. I mean, I was just sad. I was confused on who I was and I was confused on what mattered to God. So this dying book you're talking about, um, it was right at the start of Lent. I had never done Lent before. I thought it was like a Catholic thing. I really didn't know much about it, but I saw someone posting about it and I said, okay, God, what if I do this Lent thing? Mm -hmm. And for 40 days, I spend time with you Mm -hmm. for 40 days in a row and I give up other things that usually take up my time. At the end of that, would you show me what to do? Because, like, I'm obviously supposed to be doing something for your kingdom. So, like, give me the job, give me the volunteer opportunity, give me the ministry to start, give me the church to start, like, anything, God. I am willing to do anything for you. I picked up this book with the cheery title called uh, Dying to Self. 
And it was this 40 day Lent devotional. And I was like, all right, buckle up. Here we go. The thing that was interesting about that, Janet, is I had been a Christian my whole life. I've been involved in church. I've done countless Bible studies, but I never intentionally had alone time with God with no purpose. So like I'd have alone time with God if I was in a really anxious time or if I was making a big decision or if I was going through a Bible study on Genesis with my church or if my small group was like, hey, let's go through this. Like, yes, I knew what it was like to spend time with God, but there was always an end. There was always like, because we're going through this book, because my pastor did this 30 day challenge, because, because, because. And this time it was like, all right, God, I just want to spend these 40 days with you. And there was a little because, because I was like, because I, I need you to tell me what to do with my life. But in that, Janet, and in that time and spending 40 days with God and going through a dying, a dying to self is, it's honestly when God started to give me the taste of enjoying him, which is really how I define the more. It's like this beautiful, addictive, <laughs> joyful amazingness that you feel like and you experience as you get to like taste the fullness of a relationship with God, not through serving, not through others, not through community. Like those things are still really, really good, but I just didn't know there was such goodness and fullness available to me, a loud extroverted party girl who is not a deep thinker and is not super smart that I could have that level of like intimacy and closeness with God. It's just the best. So it was through those 40 days after everything crumbled that I was, I started to get a taste for, for the more, sorry, a small book correction title. It is a call to die, not whatever I said before dying to self. So it's a call to die by David Nasser. It's a great little 40 day study. There's probably another great book out there called Dying to Self. Okay. <laughs> probably. You should get that one too <laughs> while you're at too. it, but I personally can't speak to it. <laughs> Can we talk about uh, growing up Christian? Yeah. Because it might be one of your friends actually who talked about no matter what, we are handed someone else's kind of view of the gospel. Yeah. And it could be good, but there's you know, it's like whisper down the lane, like that game where by the time it gets to this person, this person said a dog walks in the park and this person at the end, hears my grandma ate a lemon. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, totally. Distorted. I grew up Christian too. Pastor's kid, all of the things. How do you, I don't know, what advice would you give to people who grew up Christian? And not that everyone ends up hearing wrong things about God or whatever, you know, naturally because they grew up Christian or whatever. But what advice would you give to people who, who did, who say, you know, I already like kind of know the things. I think this is it. You know, Jana, I, uh, yeah, we've talked about this on the There's More podcast, essentially saying all of us begin with a hand-me-down version of our faith. Yeah. Because by, by definition of understanding the gospel, it, it is a hand-me-down. Like, For most of us, it's this honor that we hear about God from our parents and from our church and from friends or someone who cares for us in our life. And I think, Janet, I suppose my encouragement would be what I wish I could have told myself 10 years ago. Learning about God from God versus learning about God from godly people are two totally different experiences. Hmm. 
I would say for the last decade of my life, um, if I had a time card where every time I interacted with God, I had to punch in and punch out like an old timey, like working in the steel mill job, I would say 95% of my time, my God interaction involved other people in some capacity. It was a church. It was small group. It was reading from a different Christian author or someone I loved. It was listening to an awesome podcast by Janet. Like it was <laughs> things that are good, mm-hmm. but other people are involved. And maybe 5% of my time and my interaction with God was just like me and him, like just me praying to God or me reading the Bible directly mm-hmm. or me worshiping God by myself, just like praising him for who he was. And that is, it's good. But when hard things hit or when your identity starts to crumble or when a really tough question comes up in life, it's really hard to like hold tight onto what someone else told you about God versus what you have learned directly from him. Hmm. And that I think has been one of the biggest shifts, Janet, that I just wish I could go to every church in America and give them like an amazing pep talk of how awesome it is to know Jesus, but that so many of us have become so comfortable with a hand-me-down version of him that we haven't even experienced the amazing joy of learning and interacting directly with him. Like I talk about it a lot, Janet, and I compare it to my marriage. My relationship with God is like, if I had been married to Caleb, which I am, we've been married for 10 years, and I read books about Caleb, and I went to conferences about Caleb, and once a week I gathered with a room of other people who loved Caleb, and we all talked about Caleb, and I made decisions based on what would make Caleb happy, and I served Caleb, but I never spent alone time with Caleb. Like, that would be a weird marriage. (laughs) That would be a really funky relationship. And that was so much of how I interacted with God the last 10 years. And I fear how most of us in the church are interacting with God. Like, he's great. We love him. But we very rarely have this sweet time just with us and him. And I just always thought that was kind of boring. Anytime I went to read my Bible or spend time alone with God, I was like, I don't really know what to do. So I picked up the book by the author. I listened to the podcast. And it helped. It was like, all right, great. Um, And I think in this last two years, God showing me how to enjoy and spend this time with him. I just don't shut up about it, (laughs) Janet, because it's the best thing I've ever tasted. And I just want everyone to taste it. Well, it's, it's pretty contagious from you. So (laughs) listening to your podcast and just talking to you, it's like, okay, there's more, there's more. I just didn't know, Janet. I didn't know there was more. And I, I just... I mean, like I'm briefly said, but I'm like a certified fun chaser. I have been my whole life. It's why I have my hair in this giant unicorn bun that you commented on. (laughs) I like loud, fast things. I like eating too much food. I like going to parties. I like laughing with friends. I like trying on new earrings and like just doing fun things. And the only people I knew who had this really deep relationship with God were more introverted than me, were smarter than me, and were usually like pastors or authors, you know? Yeah. And I just didn't know I had access to it. I didn't know it was so good. And I didn't know it was the whole reason why God created us, like for this relationship with him. Ah, it's so cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is so cool. I, um, I find with my kids, so my kids are older than Harvey, which we'll talk about Harvey in a minute. Um, but I was reading this book called Devoted about the God men, godly, like moms of godly men. And one of those men, oh, about, yes. I think I told you about this, but you mentioned this book. It sounds awesome. Yeah. It's short, which is nice. <laughs> also um, good. I love a short book. <laughs> but Hudson Taylor, his mom locked herself in her room and said, I'm not coming out until God confirms to me that he's going to save my son because Hudson wasn't, hadn't given his life to the Lord yet. And she did. That's what she did. She locked herself in a room and didn't come out until she felt like God had confirmed to her that he was going to save her son. And, you know, it, it took a day, which I bet she was glad it wasn't like weeks. <laughs> and yes. Weeks later, she came out of her room. Um, <laughs> but I was immediately like, okay, my kids have all given their lives to the Lord. I'm so grateful. But what would I lock myself in my room for to say, God, I'm not coming out until you confirm that you're going to do this for my kids. And my immediate answer was basically the more it was basically, I want them to know about the abundance and the power of God, of this relationship with God, just the more of it. That's mm -hmm. what I want them to know. And once I realized that I realized there's some things in my life that need to shift in order to facilitate that. Mm. But even no matter what I do to facilitate that in their lives, they're still going to get a hand-me-down version of that, you know, at some point they have to stop and say, okay, now I'm going to just, you know, find out what more God has for me apart from what I've been taught my whole life. You know, one of the things that has been shocking to me throughout this whole process is at the beginning, when I started spending these 40 days with God in a row and all of a sudden really enjoyed it. And I, the 40 days ended and I just kept going. I kept spending time with God every day, which I, and again, it hit 50 days, hit 60 days. It's like, it just keeps going and I'm enjoying it. And it's like, wow, I like this more than other things in my life. Like, this is crazy. I want more of this. I wouldn't say that it was discipline. Like it wasn't, I needed to try harder or I needed to like work harder to spend time with God or, oh, if I was just more disciplined to wake up earlier and do this. It was this like, it was this unveiling. It was this like, I couldn't stop it. Like it was so good. And I just kept saying, God, I want more. I want, I want to experience more. If, if you have more, I want it. Like, this is amazing. But there was still this little piece in the back of my mind that was like, I'm doing this. <laughs> you know, like I was like, I'm like, waking up early and I'm spending time with God <laughs> and like your girl got it together, you know? Like I'm totally nailing this. <laughs> yes. And I was at this conference and it wasn't even one of the speakers, but this woman stands up like in between the speakers. Again, not a huge thing, just a small transition prayer. And she said in the middle of her prayer, she said, God, we know that you are not discovered. You are revealed. Mm -hmm. And we thank you for revealing yourself. I was like, oh, wait, 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 <laughs> what? God isn't discovered. He's revealed. Like my effort and my work to grow closer to God isn't, I'm not uh, like, I'm not the one unshoveling and like figuring it out like a treasure map. Like God is revealing it to me. That tripped me up for a good six or seven months. And then I started reading through John and I got to John 6, 44. Jesus is talking here and he says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. Mm. 
I was like, wait, huh? Like, I can't know God and experience the more that I have access to through Jesus unless God draws me in. And it really shifted, like Janet, how you talked about spending this time and earnestly wanting to pray this for your children. Yeah. Until reading that verse, I never understood how important that was. Like, oh man, if I want this more for myself, for my husband, for Harvey, for my family, this means it's not like, all right, kids, we're going to learn the discipline of spending time with God. And like, all right, Caleb, will you wake up early with me and read the Bible? It's like, God, will you draw them to you? Because it is truly his drawing and his unveiling. That's crazy. Mind-blowing. Yeah, I definitely see that even just in discipleship, like discipling people, mentoring yeah. people. I, you know, if someone's just come to Christ or they've just opened their Bible for the first time, I'm not going to expect that they just know everything I have known since I've been, a, I'm 46, I've been a Christian since seventh grade. So whatever, 30 some years I've been a Christian. And I don't expect that because as their heart is ready God just reveals more of himself. You know, as you dive mm-hmm. in, he reveals more. I do feel like there's this part of us though, that have to seek him. Like it's really hard to have the word revealed to you if you don't actually read the word. Yes. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> yes. You know, it's not just by osmosis. The Bible's over there on the shelf and somehow it'll get to me. And there are miraculous encounters, of course, where the Lord just like lays people out and um, does that kind of thing, but it doesn't seem to be the norm. You know, and I feel like in your podcast, you talk about this a lot of just urging people, just do it. Like you have to actually do it. You have to actually read the word, you know? Yeah. I, I say it a lot, Janet, of praying for the desire to desire God. Hmm. Like one of the things that I've learned so much these last two years has been that God is after my desire and not my doing. Like Hmm. he wants more than anything, my desire of him not my doing for him as I had my whole Christian life. And when you start to understand that and believe that my prayer of like, God, give me desire. Like I want to want you so much that I'm willing to wake up early. And I want to want you so much that I would pick you instead of watching my trashy TV shows and Mm -hmm. drinking another glass of wine and watching Netflix. Like I want to want that, but I don't. So like, help me to grow in that God. And that's been such a prayer for me, asking for more and more of that desire. And I mean, the dude shows up. Like God's, in my persistence of like, God, give me desire, give me desire. I want to want more of you. I mean, I like get excited to spend time with God every day, Janet. And that is nothing I would have ever said in my past 30 years as an adult. Ever. Never. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was, I was thinking, I was reading Psalm 37 this morning and verse four, which is a verse I'm familiar with. And a lot of Christians are familiar with delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, four. And I mean, I used to think that meant delight yourself in the Lord and you'll get everything your heart desires, but it seems to be more of delight yourself in the Lord. And he will actually place desires in your heart. You know, like he'll give you these desires of, of your heart, like the true yeah. desires that your heart. And should Janet, have. how beautiful that that word at the beginning of that verse is to delight in him. Right. Like it doesn't say, so be disciplined. So don't sin. So get your life together. 
So like wake up early. It says delight. Like, and I think that's a part of the more that has been so surprising is honestly experiencing and believing that the fullness of God is the most delightful experience you can have. And I just thought it was good. And I thought spiritually it was the best experience I could have. But like your girl would honestly rather watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians and like, you know, some other stuff than just like spend extra free time in my Bible. Mm -hmm. And I just always believed that. Like when I thought, I remember hearing someone say once like, do you spend more time on social media or in the Bible every week? And me literally rolling my eyes and being like, who in the world spends more time in their Bible than on social media? Like that question obviously wasn't written for 2020. (laughs) And I do not say this out of like a pride or an arrogance or any sense of Hannah having it together because like we can do a part two episode on all the ways that I'm a mess. But Janet, I spend so much more time with God now than I do on social media. And, And that isn't, again, this discipline. This is like, it's so good. And I just didn't know that this like alone time with him seeking God could be so good. No idea. Well, okay. Yes. You are the example of delight yourself in the Lord for sure. (laughs) But there have to be times. I know there's times when you like, you kind of feel your, your, your emotions line up with God kind of being there, but there have to be times when you're like, this is bland mm-hmm. or this is dry or I don't feel like this is super powerful. Is, is that true? Or is this literally every single time it is like a mountaintop experience for you and you come down from the mountain with your face glowing like Moses? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> yeah, that Man, be- I hope that I can experience that at some point, 365 <laughs> days a week or a year. You know, Janet, I would say that my time with God has become very similar to many other relationships in my life. So I see my husband every day and every day isn't this mountaintop experience with my husband. It's not like this morning. I can't like he left for work. I made him eggs and toast and he kissed me goodbye and he left. Was not mountaintop. Wasn't anything to write home about, (laughs) (laughs) but it's this like continual building and growing on who we are. And it like, it's these little moments that add up that I can look back on 10 years of marriage and maybe only have a few of these mountaintop experiences, but be like, man, this like build of our relationship over time, day after day after day has gotten us to this point where we know each other so well. And he can give me a look as I'm scrambling his eggs and we both laugh about it. And that doesn't come from just like five mountaintop experiences. And I think similarly with my interaction with God, Janet, man, I do delight in him and I enjoy spending time with God so much, but you're right. I mean, there's days that you're tired or in a bad spot or, you know, COVID and just different situations where things feel harder or you're, you're not necessarily like skipping to open your Bible. But in those times I've learned that my time with God isn't this box. It's not this formula I have to follow where I have to read one chapter. I have to underline one verse that stood out to me. I have to journal a prayer and like the end. Mm -hmm. So much like a relationship, I've learned, Janet, that as I spend time with God, depending on my situation, how much time I have, how I'm feeling, I interact with God differently. So 
spending time in God's word is the main way that I think is the like foundation of getting to know him through his word. But my time with him, for example, three days ago, I was tired. I was grouchy. I was in a rough spot. And my time with God that day, I literally laid on the couch and I had worship music on my phone and I just listened. I prayed a little, cried a little. Was that a mountaintop experience? No, but it's saying to God, I don't just come to you for my mountaintop experiences. I'm not just looking for this high and this feeling and like reading this verse in Hosea and jumping up and down. It's like, I want to engage you, God, in the good, the hard, the bad, all of it. But I would say every time, even when it is those hard days or those days that I don't feel like this mountaintop, there's a different like peace and rest even in that time, like even in the hard feelings or the uncertainty, like that day when I walked away from my time with God, I wasn't like, oh man, everything is figured out. But this feeling of like, all right, God, you are in this with me and I love you. Mm-hmm. And we, we move on, you know, does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, it does. I definitely, I, I love your, one of your episodes and you probably share which one it is, but talks about, you know, different ways to spend time with God. I think even Mm -hmm. how to spend a day with God is one of them. And yes, there's some real practical ways to kind of, I want to say shake it up a little bit, but to engage it, to think different parts of you, to engage different parts of your senses and, you know, your brain. So that was really helpful for me, but I'm the same way. I don't, if I'm like super tired and whatever, I don't, I just do things differently, Mm -hmm. but it's always valuable. It is. It is always valuable, Janet. And I think there's beauty to view your relationship with God that way, like an actual relationship that you engage depending on, you know, the vibe, Mm -hmm. the vibe of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, But man, the importance of still regularly like being in God's word and pursuing knowing him. That's how I would summarize what my time with God looks like. Like, The day-to-day and the practical may look different, but my goal and my vision is always like, God, I want to know you. Teach me what that means as I read through the Bible. Teach me what that means as I listen to this worship song. Teach me what that means as I pray. Like, I want to walk away knowing you more. Man, just this week, I made a joke about Hosea. I'm reading through 1 Peter. All the best jokes are about Hosea. I mean, (laughs) right? Uh, Hosea. It sounds like a punchline. Hosea um, walks into a bar. <laughs> I know. What you say, Hosea. And I was reading this verse in First Peter that was talking about uh, sacrifices, like that we are living stones being built up into a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices to God that are pleasing to him. I was like, offering sacrifices to God. Like, I know that's in the the Old Testament, but like, what in the world does that look like today? Like, God wants us to offer him sacrifices. So I start reading cross-references, which are my favorite thing in the Bible, those tiny little verses at the bottom of your Bible that give you other places throughout the whole Bible where the similar concept or word is used. And it took me to Hosea 6, so Old Testament. And it's God talking to Israel through Hosea, Hosea is sharing to Israel, like, you guys aren't choosing God. You're not. And this whole section is talking about how they are doing all the right things, but they're, they don't love God. And this verse in Hosea 6, 6 just blew me away 
God says, I desire steadfast love, not sacrifice. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Hmm. And I was like, what? Like, if you read through the Old Testament, a lot of it is about sacrifices and burnt offerings. How to do those things properly. How to, like, jump through all the hoops and all these things. And right here in the middle of the story, he is saying to Israel, sweet people, my people, I want your love more than your sacrifice. I want you to know me more than I want the burnt offerings and for you to do everything right and for, like, you to be the people who have it figured out. And those are the things, Janet, that, like, as I am saying, God, I want to know you, I want to know you, and I read about sacrifices, and I'm like, what does this mean, God? Teach me why. Why do you have this in the Bible? And then he takes me to Hosea 6, where it says that he wants our love and our knowing of him more than any sacrifice or anything we can do for him. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God that happened that way. Because otherwise you'd be like, you'd have some kind of a sacrificial altar in your yard. I know. That would be a weird twist of the story, honestly. That would be a weird way to end this podcast. <laughs> There's more. Grab your goat. <laughs> an alternative ending possibility. Uh, well, one thing I want to talk to you about before we go is you mentioned, so Harvey. Harvey's your son. He's three. His name is the best, first of all. He's two. It is adorable. Three, right? He's, He's two. two. Yeah. Almost three. Three next summer. Yeah. We'll round up. Yeah, we'll round up. That's what kids do. Two and a half. <laughs> Um, so I know there are, you know, millions of listeners listening right now. (laughs) Sky's the limit, baby. Or at least five who are, um, moms of young kids. Yeah. And they're like, maybe listening to you and saying, well, you only have one kid or, you know, Harvey's the best sleeper in the world. Um, how do I find the more of God when I've got you know, several kids under the age of four and I can't even sit down. If I do, I fall asleep, you know, that kind of thing. What is your, I'm, and I didn't prep you for this, so <laughs> good luck. Um, Here we go. What do you, what would you say? Because, you know, you don't want to heap guilt on anybody and there's all kinds of grace for all different kinds of seasons of our lives, but maybe what is one thing a mom in that situation could do to help her experience the more of God in some area, whether it's worship or prayer or the word. Just curious if you have any thoughts on that. I think this question is a really good one, Janet, because so many of us can relate to that feeling of being busy and being tired and already having a lot going on and too much going on. And hearing this sentence of like, there's more, you're like, yeah, okay, that's more work, more to do, more time I need to find in my schedule. And like, I'm maxed out. Like I don't even have time for taking care of my house and self-care and like the basic things I need to do. By the way, I have to homeschool all these kids, you know? Mm. And Janet, I think one of the most beautiful things that I've learned, none of this was working harder or like getting it together or this, like, I better sit down and make this happen. It was like, God, I want to want you. Can you fill me with desire for that? Like, God, I desire to desire you. Can you, Father, do what we talked about in John 6, where you are drawing me in? And friends, when you are honestly saying, I want to want this, you'll make time for it. You will. And even when it's hard and even when it's busy, I mean, for me, Janet, when I went through this 40-day 
thing at the beginning of 2019 when everything felt like it was falling apart. It actually started by God inviting me through Lent to get rid of all of my podcasts and trashy TV shows that I watched and asking if I would spend time with him instead. And at the time, as a new mom with a very busy life and a lot going on, sitting down and like watching these TV shows on E! that were entertaining to me was not harmful. It was not sinful. It was my time. Like it was how I relaxed and it was what I did. And essentially through Lent, God invited me in saying, do you think I could fulfill you as much as these shows do? And I answered, no. (laughs) There's no way you can. No. And through the 40 days, I found that he could. So it's just a dangerous question for your listeners and those who feel busy and those who feel maxed out already. If you feel this pull and this drawing of God to experience the more and the more in him, this question of God, I want to want this, but your girl is busy. Mm -hmm. Like, show me what this looks like, Father. Is there an area? Is there something that you're asking me to take a step back from so that I can find 15, 30, 60 minutes to seek you each day. Yeah. For me, sometimes if I'm like kind of struggling with, you know, pursuing the more and that kind of thing, it's not in necessarily what I add for my life, but what I subtract from my life. So mm-hmm. at times I've said, I'm not going to watch TV like at night. If I subtract that from my life at night, I'm much more likely to do something that's like helping me pursue, pursue the more of God, read my mm-hmm. Bible, whatever, pray, whatever you know, do something that's actually nourishing for my soul. So that could be a good, good thing to ask the Lord, I guess, you know, God, as you, like you said, help me, give me that desire, desire more of you. And how does this work? <laughs> is there something? Yeah, I can And do? there's, there's no guilt or shame in that. Like, this is the reason why Jesus came. Like Jesus came to the earth to restore our relationship with God. And he had to do that through taking care of our sin, through dying on the cross, through these areas that we talk about all the time. But the whole point, the whole redemption story in this is that so we can now have this direct, intimate relationship with God. So when you come to God and say, I want more, like I want to experience more that you have and this excitement and joy that Janet and Hannah are talking about and wanting to just eat up your word like you would sugar and chocolate, like I want that. God is going to be pumped (laughs) like that. Mm -hmm. That's the point. That's why we're here. So like that doesn't come back empty. Like that request and that honest pursuit of like, God, I want it. Will you help fill that? Will you draw me in? Buckle up, baby, because he shows up. (laughs) Yeah. And there is some kind of an addictive quality to it that when you start kind of chewing on it on the word and you realize like, oh, this is nourishing that you, it does create a desire for more. It just yeah. does. And I think it's like a lot of other habits that are good for you too. It kind of exercises kind of like that. Um, you know, other things, probably not a lot of things, but <laughs> there's gotta be some other good things out Shopping, there. Right? For instance, is like that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I have found that in my life and it's amazing how it doesn't have to be like necessarily the whole, you read the Bible in a day. But like, sometimes you read, for me, I read a big chunk of it. And I'm like, 
really just kind of chewing it down and just, you know, but today I just read that simple Psalm 37, four situation and it just keeps coming back all day long. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just is alive. Mm-hmm. It's the only book that re- like has new life every time I read it. Yeah. Pretty baller. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. Okay. Well, we've learned a lot from you today and your, your desire for the more of God and your experience of the more of God is contagious and I'm grateful. So I hope you keep talking about it and you keep sharing the message because it is for everybody. It's not just for what you call the really smart people or what we call theologians and those hyper-educated people. Yeah. Those deep thinking introverts who right. do ministry for a living. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just, I've been reading the book on the practice of the presence of God by brother Andrew. Yeah. He was, he was, it said he was one of the barefoot Carmelites. Like the monks. I'm into that. The bare, and I'm like, so this isn't just for the barefoot Carmelites either. <laughs> In case you're wondering. It's first all. Podcast listener. Were you sitting there going, is this just for the barefoot Carmelites? <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> Well, Anna, I appreciate you and I'm thankful you came and I think you are normally amazing. So sweet. 